Hashtag Notice. My name is Brie Castellini. I used to be a spy. My name is Chris Cherry. I used to be with it, but then they changed what it was. Now I'm what I'm with isn't it, and what it seem what is it seems weird and scary to me. And it'll happen to you. So that's from The Simpsons. Do you want to try that again where you don't stumble, or do you want to leave that in? Because I'm fine either way. I could go either way with it. No, let's leave it. Okay. Let's leave all of that in. <laughs> and this, if you haven't already guessed, is Burn Noticed. A where week- we specifically <laughs> quote The Simpsons badly. <laughs> a weekly rewatch of The Simpsons, and also the USA Television masterpiece Burn Notice, about Michael Weston, a spy. I want to take a moment to acknowledge that you have finally corrected the spelling of Michael Weston. I know uh, one of our, I think it was, I think it was Charlotte Dupont. Somebody on Twitter, one of one of our Twitter fans. Uh, I love, I love all of the people who follow us on Twitter. I love you guys very, very much. Uh, someone corrected our spelling of Michael Weston. It's uh, not with like an O at the end, Weston. It's like, West N. Yeah, it's West. It should be West on. That makes sense. Yeah, that looks like a name, which is why I spelled it that way. Because, in fact, it is a name. It is a name of the, the actor Michael Weston. That's how he spells it. Uh, well, I apologize to whoever corrected this that I've forgotten, but thank you for correcting it, and it will never come up ever again. <laughs> this is the second time we've mentioned it on the podcast. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, you want to know what this is about? What we do on this show? Yeah. All right, throughout this podcast, uh, we will be rating each episode on whether it is an episode of television a great episode of television, or a great episode of Burn Notice. If you want to know the complicated calculations that go into these ratings... I do not. Well, that's fine. But if you did want that, you could I don't. You can be a problem. Maybe. (laughs) Uh, You should listen to our intro episode, because we've stopped doing the big, long intro, because it takes too long. Uh, Or you can just... Instead we're doing this, which takes equally as long. Exactly. Well, I'm going to cut out a lot of this. Don't you worry. Uh, You could also just... This is the bit that people are listening for. This is the gold. This is the comedy. This is how I'm going to make Tony cry. (laughs) Also, if you or anyone you know knows Jeffrey Donovan, please get in touch. Otherwise, we don't care. Except for if you want to send us questions, suggestions, compliments, and no criticism of any kind to burnnoticedpodcast at gmail.com or to our Twitter at burnnoticedpod. All right. What episode is this? <laughs> I was going to wait and give you some time if you wanted to do another bit. If I wanted to vamp? Yeah. If you wanted to vamp. Do you want to vamp? No. Well, all right then. So this is season one, episode nine. We're getting to the end of the first season. How many episodes is this season? Actually, I was thinking it was 13, but now I'm second guessing myself. Hang on. Let's check. Yeah, 12. So there's only 12 episodes in this season. Wow. I mean, things are heating up. Things are definitely heating up. Uh, and, and you can tell because we like these episodes a lot better because things are actually finally happening. Uh, this episode in particular is called Hard Bargain. It aired August 23rd, 2007 and was written that by... That is also the name of the porn parody of this episode. <laughs> uh, but they, they do it like we do for Burn Notice where there's a comma, hard comma, bargain. Yes. Um, the, the episode was written by Alfredo Barrios Jr. and was directed by John T. Kretschmer. This is the second episode for Alfredo Barrios Jr. Do you he, remember which he, one his first one was? Uh, I, I think it might have been like three or four. He, yeah. he wrote like 67 episodes. Yeah, he him. wrote a lot of episodes. He is like in it with Matt Nix. Yes. They are blood brothers. Uh, burn brothers, if, uh, if you will. I will. I'll allow it. Will you? Audience? <laughs> Listening audience? Time will tell. Tell us on Twitter. Yeah, if you will. 
If you will. Uh, but yeah, so John T. Kretschmer directed six other episodes of Burn Notice, including my favorite episode, at least of the episodes of Burn Notice that I have seen prior to this podcast. Can I make a bold prediction? Sure. That the episodes that we have not seen are worse. I guess we'll see. But there's an episode in season two called Bad Breaks uh, that this director also directed. So um, Let's start hyping that up now. Yeah, because it's much better than this episode, which I very much didn't like. Um, There's also, he also directed some White Collar and iZombie, but there's nothing funny about that. So we're going to move on. All right. Uh, According to IMDb, the description of this episode is, A slightly dim house sitter's fiancé has been kidnapped, and Sam guilts Michael into a rescue while he's negotiating with a DC bureaucrat to stop his burn notice. This is way more words than the description of the last episode. Yes. Uh, Very unnecessary. Just say... A woman is kidnapped. Sam wants Michael to help. I mean, last week you were very annoyed that it was too... Yeah, because that episode deserved more. I don't know. I, I, I'm coming in hot about the, like not liking this episode. It's fine. It's, it's fine. a fine episode. It's certainly better than the early season episodes. Yeah, I was going to say, it's much better than like episodes one through five. Yeah, but like or, my thing, maybe one through four. I don't one know. Through, I don't remember which one the great one was. My thing is that because, so as we've mentioned on the podcast before, we watch episodes in pairs and then record two episodes at a time. And so the last, the we recorded, this is our second episode of the night. And if you remember from last week, we really liked the episode from last week. It yeah. got like genuine laughs from us. We rated it a great episode of television as well as a great episode of Burn Notice. And so I think it was just, I had such higher expectations for this episode and I just was not met. It's, I'm noticing a, pattern we'll see how long it holds of mm-hmm. uh, that my episodes are better than yours i know it's really like irritating yes. <laughs> i'm really mad about it because i have to talk about the shit just kidding all right so let's talk about the shit so this episode i thought was notable because it starts with butts right begins at right at butts yeah like you... it begins at the end if you will i won't audience will you <laughs> Such a good bit, Chris. I'm so glad this has become a thing. But yeah, normally it takes us like until a transition to get to butts. But this time it's like basically two seconds in and it's just like a full woman's ass. Uh-huh. Then then we pan out yeah. from the full woman's ass. Uh, and we watch Michael and Fee holding hands, walking on the beach and talking about, you know, Miami and why Michael hates it when he's been to such worse places with his job. And it's like, it's sort of jarring because you're like, are they just like dating now? Like there was a lot of turmoil last episode. Are they just like... Having a nice day together? I mean, he did buy her a snow globe. He did buy her a snow globe. That is the traditional dating gift of a spy. Yeah, that is Michael Weston saying that he is DTF. Yes. Um, but, uh, so as this conversation happens, uh, Fee drops something, Fee drops the information that it's her birthday coming up. And it's like, have you got me anything? And Michael's like, and Fee's like, well, you have to get me something. And Michael's like, rah, 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 rah. and so like, we're just sort of like, what's happening? Burn notice. This is unusually calm for a cold open. See, I totally bought it because of the last episode. Interesting. And you were just going to be fine with like them just chilling on a beach for a cold open. They were going to do it last week. He was so excited about the beach. <laughs> I thought this was them finally going to the beach. Like they had promised like last week. And actually it's funny because in this time, this time it seems sort of like that's what Fiona wants, but then uh, Michael quickly turns it into a reconnaissance mission. Well, it was already a reconnaissance mission. It was, but like she seemed genuinely disappointed that like they didn't just continue having their nice moment. He's like, nope, spy time now. Yeah. Because Michael Weston is, as something that we've learned is he's very good at compartmentalizing. Yeah. Like this is relationship time. This is spy time. And this is the story of a girl. <laughs> 
uh, cried a river, drowned a whole world, used to be a spy, etc. Um, so uh, we we discover that they're not actually just having a chill day at the beach, but in fact they are doing some reconnaissance on a man whose name is mentioned as if we've met him before. We haven't. No, we haven't. His name is Perry Clark. And apparently this man is in town to reevaluate whether or not the burn notice should stand, yeah. which is the first time that it has been mentioned that it's possible for Michael to just get it revoked. Exactly. At this point, it seems like he's burned, it's over, and him harassing everyone is just making them more and more pissed off. But he's hoping that it'll make the guy that burned him like come out of the woodworks. But apparently it's just made people think, maybe this guy is the right guy and maybe we should rethink hiring yeah. him. The idea of it, it especially since... We spent, like, the last episode's reveal was that he got in touch with the other guy, with Richard Schiff. Mm -hmm. It's weird to pivot to this other guy. Yeah. And And a whole different situation that indicates that maybe it's much easier than we think to get the burn notice revoked. Which makes me think that maybe this was, like... Maybe this season was supposed to be longer and then they had to cut some episodes. Or, if anything, this feels, like, earlier in the season. Like... Maybe. I feel like maybe this got pushed back to later... That's show? true, because nothing that they mention necessarily feels like it had to chronologically come after the last one. Like, there's nothing that we learn in this episode that is, dis- like, distinct because it comes after last week. Yeah, it feels very... Like, I would say if it wasn't written by, like, the other major writer of the show, I would say that it was a spec script or something. Yeah, uh, no, it's, it, it's, it's very weird. Um, yeah, it just really feels very standalone in terms of the bigger arc. Mm-hmm. Everything that starts in this episode ends in this episode. Uh, but yeah, it, but it feels sort of like early in the season, like before we had gotten in this momentum of like, like finding like successively bigger guys. Yeah. The fact like that Richard Schiff is not the person who's like sweating in the parking lot is weird. Yeah, exactly. So anyways, so I like briefly questioned whether I was wrong about <laughs> recognizing Richard Schiff. And I was like, that's not Richard Schiff. That's another famous character actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, I was right. Yeah, I you, know. You were right. This episode was sort of randomly placed in the season. I know Toby Ziegler's dulcet tones when they tickle my ear. Yuck. So basically what has happened is that this dude, Perry Clark, is like a boring bureaucrat who's come down from Washington to reevaluate Michael's burn notice. But instead of going to meet him, Michael has instead chosen to kind of like set up a meet and then not arrive and watch him from afar as Michael calls the police on him. Because as we learn later in a spy tip, you learn a lot about somebody if you call the police on them. If they like run or like try to resist, they're probably an agent or something else. But if they act like a bureaucrat, they're probably a bureaucrat. He's basically screening him to make sure that he's not an assassin. Yeah, he, he because, like, this does seem way too good to be true, that this yeah. guy's like, you know what, you're right. You've sent us a couple of fake bombs, but we think you're an overall good guy. Maybe we'll let you back on the force. Yeah, and, and like, and yeah, your dossier is, like, full of, like, Of, bad, like, literal war crimes. Yeah. But, I, I mean, war crimes never stop the U.S. government. Right, you are. Uh, so anyways, Michael, pass, or Michael uh, Perry passes the test. He acts like a bureaucrat. He's just like really upset. And Michael's like, all right, I guess he's fine. Uh, end of cold open. Back at the loft, Fee eats a yogurt in a nice continuous shot, which I really enjoyed, uh, where we start on Fee eating a yogurt and then the camera sort of like moves throughout the room and catches Michael as he's coming down the stairs from like the loft portion of his loft uh, on the phone and putting on a shirt. So it's just like this really nice like establishing shot of the room and what everyone's doing and we like capture people in motion. I don't know. It was a nice shot. I was happy with it. Um, 
And he is talking specifically to Perry. So Perry has called Michael like, what the fuck, dude? Not only did you not meet me in like the very hot weather, but also like you sick the cops on me. That's very rude. And something notable about this scene is that we get, and I counted, four different split screen orientations so that we can have this call. So instead of just like splitting back and forth between like Mm -hmm. whose coverage we're on, they decide to give us like a bizarre series of like Tetris blocks of different people involved in this conversation, including Mm -hmm. Fee, who does not speak for the entirety of this call, but occasionally they give us a little section of her so that we can see her eating yogurt and making faces, which... I'm not mad at, because if we're going to do this, I'd rather see more of Fee than any of the other two idiots. Very true. But Especially like, if she's eating yogurt and making faces. Exactly. Fee at her best, except for all of the other times that Fee does things. But it's just, it's a very strange choice. And the fact that they don't even stick to like one style of split screen and, beca- and because like the split screen like evolves to like change orientation of where someone's coverage is on the screen. I don't know. It just, it felt like a very weird decision that they like really bought into. Yeah. I don't know. It was it was a very strange editing choice. I'm not sure why it's happening. Because Burn Notice looks cool. Uh, That's why. Is is that cool? It's so cool. I th- isn't it cool? Are you into it, audience? <laughs> Will you? Will you? So, like, they're having this conversation, and Perry is just like ranting and going on and on because he's very upset. And then, like, even though Perry being upset is 100% Michael's fault, Michael is, like, making all of these sassy hand gestures with the phone, like, he's the one being put out by this. Yeah, he's being, like, very... And, like, Fee points it out, like, you're making him mad. He's trying to help you. Like, I don't understand why he's being this way. Like, it doesn't get him anything. Right. But I think it's just, like... Michael Weston is always unhappy and never wants to be doing anything, even when he explicitly wants to be doing something. That's just Michael Weston's character. This is true. And also we should point out throughout this scene, he is lifting weights. Or he, yeah, he's starting to like put together his stuff to lift weights. He's not lifting weights yet because Perry just won't get off the phone because he's mad at a thing that Michael explicitly did to him to piss him off. Exactly. It's just, it's, it's like the scene forgets what happened in the scene before. And it's also like, it doesn't, it would make sense normally when Michael is doing this kind of flippant thing. Sassy spy. Sassy act. spy, yeah. He's trying to put the other guy off or like... Or like establish like a... Dominance or something. Exactly. And like, that's not the right play for this situation. And also, the guy can't see him doing this. So he's just performing for Fee for no reason. Yeah. So anyways, it's very strange. It's a very like bizarrely long conversation everyone reacts in very uncharacteristic ways uh and then michael decides to hang up and you know make a new meeting with him and he starts lifting weights but he only gets two reps in before he gets another call from sam so cut to michael and sam in sam's new car finally it's a multi-episode payoff of sam finally getting his cadillac from his new lady friend veronica Who at this point is just a lady friend. He's just, yeah, we don't really refer to her my name very often, but I think that's also a very sad thing. But I mean, like, she's no longer a new lady friend at this point. She's just my lady friend. Exactly. Um, And then once again, Sam is posed the question, this time by Michael, what exactly do you do for these women? And unlike when we were with Fee a couple episodes ago, Sam starts to answer. And then Michael, a massive prude, is like, actually, never mind. I don't want to know. Which I felt really gutted by. I mean, do you really want to spend a lot of time thinking about uh, Bruce Campbell having sex? Yes, because this is a very, like, high 
price thing that he gets out of being a lady friend's man friend. I want to know the specific moves. I want to know. He's really good at cunnilingus because I assume he's really good at cunnilingus. But like, what does that mean? You know, you get her off. A woman who knows her body can get off on her own. So what specifically is he doing to these women? I Inquiring mean, minds need to know. I mean, they're not so flexible that their tongues can reach themselves. Yikes. But, like, Michael F- Michael Weston is absolutely no fun and no. is a massive prude. So I'm, that's mostly him, what I want to point out. I don't want to know. Okay, well, you're all unfun and boring. I don't want to think about Bruce Campbell's sex life. I And I will put that on record. <laughs> well, I do, Bruce. So give me a call whenever you want. S- apparently, Michael has independently asked Sam to get some info on Perry because Sam's just the guy that does research. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't have a lot of info yet, but all things considered, this Perry chap seems pretty unremarkable. Yeah. However... Uh, aside from that, Sam needs a favor because Veronica, the lady friend who bought mm-hmm. Sam a car for um, mm-hmm. unspecified sex reasons, yeah. <laughs> has been sort of... We don't actually know that it's sex. That's the implication, but maybe it's not. Maybe he's like a really good like accountant. Yeah. And like balanced her Maybe checkbook. he's just a good listener. <laughs> I would. That would be a great payoff. It's it just, would be. It's, I, he's I just like, like, he's like really domestic. He like cleans the house and like cooks dinner every night and rubs her feet. I would not be surprised if that is the payoff, because the payoff can't be sex. It's true. It's it's basic cable. It's USA characters welcome. Like, <laughs> the answer isn't actually going to be sex. It's going to be, if they pay this off at all, it is going to be something like that. Well, uh, I will be keeping a watch. Yes. Uh, but anyway, so apparently Veronica has been telling people that Sam is sort of like a spy guy. Yeah. And if anyone needs help, her guy mm-hmm. can spy guy for them. A sort of Robin Hood. What was it? What is it that he says? Like Robin Hood meets something. I don't. Yeah, remember. I don't. Remember. I didn't. I didn't write it down. I was hoping you'd remember because I wasn't going to write it down. No. <laughs> anyway, so I don't the, write it down anything when it's not my episode. Yeah, but sometimes you remember things from my episode because you're paying attention. I also have always watched your episode the day of. Yeah. It's, for me, it's been like 24 hours. Anyways, yeah. so Veronica has been spreading the news about Sam, and finally she got a bite. So some person has been asked to be introduced to Sam because they've got a problem. Uh, and because it's through his lady friend, Sam feels compelled to help. Yeah. And naturally, that means Michael has to come along. Obviously. As always, Michael poo-poos on the opportunity to make money because he's so busy. Not Like, he literally says to Sam, like, I'm really busy right now. And Sam's like, come on, dude, let's just do this. But like, what is he busy with? He has a meeting with a dude. He doesn't have to do... Like, he has he, nothing going on. He didn't on. get his reps in. And the MP still haven't gone to the beach. I mean, they've gone to the beach, but just for work. They haven't done recreational beach time. That's true. But yeah, so this is the ninth episode out of nine total episodes of Burn Notice where Michael Weston doesn't want to do anything. <laughs> but he is still convinced to do it. Right. So they pull up to this massive mansion and Sam is like, oh. I swear I've seen this mansion before. I'm sure you have. I'm sure that a lot of these exteriors have been used before. Yeah. But they pull up to this massive mansion and Sam's like, oh yeah, this is going to be a cakewalk. This rich guy probably needs, I think he specifically says it's like, it's probably just a really expensive kitten up a tree sort of situation. Yes. Nothing that they've learned indicates that that will be the case. To be fair, we maybe don't see all the cases. True. Um... I don't know if the show is implying that there are other cases that happen that we don't see that are boring. So it could be that there are boring cases. 
Yeah, but that feels unlikely given yeah. how this show works. Uh, so they're like, this is probably going to be easy. Veronica set us up. I'm sure it's going to be no big deal. They are met by a frightened and kind of out of place dude bro who answers the door. Uh, he's very on edge and refers to Michael as Sam's assistant, which is funny. I wish so much that they had capped that up. Like, if that had been the concept of the episode... That, 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 like, he has to make Sam look good by being his assistant. Exactly. So that it'll get, like, back to his lady friend that he's, like, so impressive. Yeah. And that that like, would have been very funny. Like, that that's, that's the plot of a psych episode where, like, they basically have to solve the case without Lasseter knowing that they're helping him. Exactly. Like, or even just in general, like, the whole, the bit of the whole episode is that, like, yeah, they have to make it look like Sam is in charge. And, like, that just, that's a funny idea. That is a funny idea. I'm sure at some point they do that. Just they because have to. there's so many episodes of Burn Notice. Exactly. <laughs> they have to have done that at some point. But, like, they hint at that there. And, and then, then they, just run away from it. Like, why? Well, then immediately, like, Michael gives Sam a look. And Sam's like, oh, we're actually more of business partners. Yeah. And then we never mention it again. Anyways, so the, the dude that answers the door is identified as Nick Lamb. Dude with a problem. So this is the first, like, snarky lower third that we've gotten in a while. Um, And it's also like mirroring what they've just said. Yeah, exactly. He's like, I'm a dude with a problem. We talked last week about how the guy last week was dumb, but like in an endearing way. Yeah, Nick Lamb is not dumb in an endearing way. Nick Lamb is just dumb in a like constantly obstructivist way. Exactly. He is very panicky Mm -hmm. and in a way that is frankly reasonable considering his situation. Mm-hmm. but does not make for compelling television. Yeah, no, it's definitely true. Um, Michael makes a joke as Nick lets them into the house that with a house like this, he could have Halliburton help him. And Nick takes, like, th- this is the only good Nick moment of the episode where Michael's like, you should have just called Halliburton, you know, like, oh, you're so rich. Right. And Nick, like, looks at him, takes a beat and goes, Halliburton? I don't know him. Right. And then, like, walks away. Yeah. And it's like, he so seriously considers, should I have called Halliburton? I don't know him. That's that's a, that's a funny beat. It's that's old... another great we're in 2007 moment. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, it was just it was a well-timed joke. Yes. And it's the basically the only one of the episode. We've talked about this before on the podcast. Um, you watch Burn Notice. I do. But also, we've talked about the fact that like this show and the shows like it at the time are competence porn. Yeah. And I think what frustrates me in this type of show more than anything else is incompetence because the whole reason I'm watching this is for competence porn. And if somebody is obstructing that, that pisses me off. Like, I'm not saying that nothing can go wrong. What I'm saying is that like, I like it when clever people are out clevered and then have to out clever the out clevering. Exactly, yeah. Because like, that's just like stacking. If a stupid person fucks things up, that's like less. It's not satisfying. Yeah. It's just like, it just sucks. Yeah. So that's where I am at this. Um, that's where I am with this. Anyways, so we learn that uh, in a surprise to no one, Nick doesn't actually own this house. Nick is a house sitter for a lot of like wealthy people yeah. in Miami. Um, and that is why he has this house. But we also learn that they are not the first people to assume that Nick actually does own all of this like rich people stuff. Yeah. Uh, so we are now introduced to what the case of the week is. Uh, Nick's fiance, Dawn, was kidnapped. The people who took her uh, basically made the same mistake that Burn Notice did, which is that Nick is super rich, and so kidnapping... Apparently, her- Dawn herself. I will get to that. <laughs> Trust me and my recap. I don't trust you. <sighs> Basically, everyone in Nick's life thinks that he's rich, yeah. including his fiance who has been kidnapped and including the people who kidnapped her because they're like, this dude's rich. We'll steal his fiance and he'll give us money. Of course, Nick is not rich. Nick is an idiot. Mm. 
And so he has no way to pay them off and therefore no way to get his fiance back. We also get a very clear, I can't go to the police. They said they'll kill her. Yeah. So we know why we can't bring the police into it. Let's he go with He also like drives their cars. And I don't know why that's allowed. I imagine that it's because like, because he explains that like a lot of these rich people are only here for a couple of weeks a year. Yeah. And so the thing about cars is that you can't just like leave a car not running. You can't just, like, not drive a car for long periods of time and expect it to work the next time you turn it on. Like, it's not that kind of a technology. Like, cars need to be driven regularly mm -hmm. in order to, like, work. Yeah. So cool. I assume it's something like that. It's like a cast iron pan. Yeah. It's like you, you water the plants, you take the car out. Yeah. You know, stuff like that. You walk the car around the block. Yeah, you walk the car around the block. Let you water take the plants. a shit. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, so so he drives their cars, he stays in their houses. Everyone, including his fiance, thinks he's super rich. He's not. Yeah. Therefore, we have a problem. The, we also learn that these kidnappers are going to call him in less than an hour. So they ha the our burn notice crew has very little time in order to get a plan into motion. So um, Nick's like, I'll offer you money. You can have my surfboard collection. Whatever you want, just help me get Don back. Anything but the $5 million that they want, I will give to you to get Don back. So they agree to help. Michael sends Sam to grab Fee and they get down to work. So then we, we jump ahead like 45 minutes. And in Michael's like most competent moment of bedside manner. Yes. Like really calmly like explains to Nick what he needs to do that like, the, here's the script. We've written out everything you need to say. Don't worry. I'm going to be here for you. Everything's going to be fine. It's very sweet. Yeah. Too bad Fiona's not around. Although she probably wouldn't like that side of him as much. No. She wants him to be a dick. <laughs> she does. She does get horny for violence. Yeah. Um, so the kidnappers call, and with Michael's script, Nick demands to see video proof of life. And because we're still pretty early in, like, video phone... Of Don's life. Not just any life. Yeah. He, well, proof of life is like a Is that phrase. a thing? Yeah. I've never heard that. Yeah. In, in kidnapping shows, or in, anytime there's a kidnapping plot, like, we need proof of life. Otherwise, there's no deal. I did not know that. It's yeah. jargon. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm. Proof of life is jargon. Ooh. I'm learning things today. But specifically, they want video proof of life. Yeah. So the guys are like, fine, we'll give you proof of life. Meet us at this mall, and we'll, like, drop it into a drop point for you. That's a spy tip that I did not get from the show. I know. Well, but also this is a thing where, uh, like, there aren't really video capabilities on phones yet. So mm -hmm. there's not really an easy way for them to digitally send a video yeah. file. So they have to go meet them at a neutral location. Uh, everything's fine. Now we're... Now, now we have a place to go. Yeah, uh, we go to a mall. Yeah, so we drive to the mall with the whole crew and... Remember, let's go to the mall from How I Met Your Mother. <laughs> That's from Slapbed. It's the best episode of How I Met Your Mother. Let's go to the mall. Anyway, so we go to the mall. And the audience remembers last week when we talked about How I Met Your Mother. <laughs> I don't know how much I'm leaving in of that. I don't know why you would cut anything that I, we said last week out. <laughs> it was all good. Yeah. As always, everything we say is good. and I definitely All gold. And I definitely don't cut between 20 and 30 minutes out of every episode. Anyways, so we get to the mall with the whole crew, Fee included, and they give Nick very specific instructions about what's about to go down. Essentially, Sam's going to stay with the car. Fiona and Michael are going to pose as mall goers to kind mm -hmm. of keep an eye on the area. And Nick is going to just follow whatever the instructions the kidnappers give him. And then as soon as Nick gets the package, he is to walk away and not look at anyone. Just walk away. Yeah. And he's like, so I should come to the car. And they're like, no, just yeah. walk away. He's like, okay. Are you sure? 
and they're like, yes, just just walk away. Don't look at us. Like, we don't want you to indicate that we're with you because you need to be alone. Otherwise, like, they're going to get upset. Just walk away. Everything's going to be fine. I really, like, the actor who's playing Nick is doing, like, his best Bill and Ted sort of Keanu Reeves early, like, impression. Yeah. And so then, uh, right before, like, so he tries to leave the car and has trouble with, like, the door handle, which is just, like, sort of the, the final ominous nail in the this dude's going to fuck this up coffin. Yeah. Uh, so then we spread out waiting for the package drop. Fee and Michael are kind of like posing on opposite sides of the mall, kind of keeping an eye on stuff. Voguing. Voguing, etc. Yeah. Uh, Fee calls Michael just to be like, hey, what's going on? Also, we're at a mall and it's my birthday coming up. Remember yeah. that plot line? And Michael's like, not now, Fee. And then Fee's like, well, uh, I don't know if you noticed this, but there's like a lingerie store around the corner uh, from where you are. And there's this delightful little teddy that you should buy yeah. me. And he's like, not now, Fee. Um, he says specifically, I've only ever seen you sleep in a man's shirt. Yeah, he does say that. See, this is the kind of thing that I'm think- saying. Like, you remember shit like that, so I just <laughs> depend on you for those things. Yeah. Anyways, so um, so they just, like, they have this little conversation. I fundamentally don't understand lingerie. It just seems like it's harder to get you undressed, which is a thing, maybe? I don't know. I'm no, too I mean, asexual also, for this conversation. I mean, it's, I think it's also just supposed to be, like, visual... Like, just take your clothes off. You're naked. Boom. Well, that's well. Then that's too much. It's all about delaying. It's I don't know. I don't know. Explain I, in explicit detail what lingerie does for people, Chris. Man, I can't believe we cut all of that out. <laughs> but it was really good and really wet. It was. I don't know how really description sex- could be wet, but I it was. Say, I was surprised. It was very sexual, but very educational. <laughs> oh well, too bad that we're not doing that. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, um, as they're having this conversation, Nick. They notice that Nick finally gets the call and goes to where the package drop has occurred. So they're kind of like scanning the crowd. They actually do identify someone who seems to be like watching Nick too closely. So they're like, cool. We've identified he's a kid. He's bald. He's probably a bad guy. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so so they're like, cool, we can follow him. Like, now we know who he is. The problem is, is that Nick is a dummy. And so as soon as he grabs the package, he like pauses, turns to Michael and like holds it up. He, be, he might as well give him a thumbs up. Yeah, he shows, <laughs> like he shows, like he looks across them all up directly at Michael, holds up the package and kind of like nods his head. And like Again, smiles real big. Like and then we Keanu get a- Reeves is like, and Bill and Ted is like, <laughs> Yeah. And then we get a freeze frame and then it's like, fuck. So immediately the the guy that they've clocked as a possible kidnapper, the like bald man. the bald man turns to Michael, immediately like decides that guy's dangerous and takes off running. That guy looks boring. He is dangerous. Yeah, he is dangerous. We also learn that his name is Lucio, uh, who is the kidnapper. Although it's He's a kidnapper. He's a kidnapper. He's one of the kidnappers. He's the one that they sent to like watch over this package drop. Yeah. Um so they his, his name is pronounced Lucio, but the name as it's spelled is L U C I O, which is, is Lucio? It's Lucio. Lucio. My 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 only first cousin's name is Lucio. Anyways, uh, so he he sees Michael, Michael has been made and runs away. Fee pulls a gun out of a shopping bag and they chase Lucio down with a very confusingly shot and edited sequence, which is pretty much Paul, like pretty much par for the course for burn notice. Yeah. There's a chase scene. The way that they shoot it is not going to make any goddamn sense. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then it, it's chaotic. Yeah. Quote unquote. Uh, Fee ends. I was the, hoping they would hear the quotes in the tone of my voice. Did you audience? <laughs> Will you? Uh, the chase ends when Fiona tasers him. Yes. He is tasered. 
They have a boy. Because she had a taser gun. She didn't have, like, an actual, like, gun gun. I'm sure she had both. So they go back to the mansion with their uh, proof of life video and their new kidnapped victim of their own. Um, so the video is what they said it was going to be. It's her. She's freaked out. She wants Nick to pay them the money so she can go home. Um, of course, he cannot pay the money because Nick Lamb does not have any money. No, he has no money. He just has surfboards. He just has surfboards. He uh, trades surfboards for sandwiches. Nick spends the entire sequence where they're watching this video, like, apologizing over and over again. And Michael is, like, extremely over it. He's, like, he tried to be nice to this motherfucker and he screwed up so badly. And Michael's just, like, at one point, Nick just, like, devolves into just groaning. Like, he can't even, like, apologize with words anymore. He's just, like, groaning. Oh, I'm so... And Michael's, like, stop groaning. Stop. Stop. Nick, stop groaning. (laughs) Which is kind of funny. It's, like, a funny little moment. It was funny. It was funny, but, like, it involves Nick and it... Therefore, it irritates me. Um, so he assures Nick, we're actually better off now that we have our ho- a hostage of our own. Nick's like, oh, so we can trade them. And Michael's like, no, of course not. Because nobody gives a shit about this dude. They're just going to kill her. Yeah. Um, Which, to be fair, I thought they were going to trade him. So right. I think yeah. like, that was, at that moment, Nick Lamb was the audience. Exactly. Um, but it's, be- <laughs> but uh, they, there's a better reason why they have this guy. Uh, cut to Fiona torturing their new friend. Exactly. Uh, even though, as we learned in the last episode, torture is frequently not, uh, what's the word? Effective. Yeah, torture is not effective for getting information. However, it turns out they're not actually looking for that much information from him, at least not at first. So, you know, they, they basically, what they learned about him is that he's a Colombian national, he's got a rap sheet everywhere he goes, and he isn't going to talk, no matter how much they torture him. So they basically trick him into posing for a picture with Sam. I mean, they don't trick him. They just, like, kind of physically hold him. Yeah, they, they, they do a little, like, coochie, It's basically they do like assault. A, yeah, they do, like, a coochie-coo uh, <laughs> to get... <laughs> they, 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 they sneak a little coochie-coo in there, uh-huh. and then Luch, it looks like Lucho is, like, laughing with Sam, and they take a photo. It's coochie-coo with Lucho? It's coochie-coo with Lucho. Uh, and they're basically like, we're going to set you up. We're going to say that you're... We're going to set you up. We are going to pretend that you turn state's evidence, which is another repeat thing that they've done in Burn Notice before. I mean, they'll do it a lot. It's a very common trope, and it's effective. It is effective. Like, I don't get tired of that, because it feels realistic, Mm -hmm. and it doesn't... Like, it's a reasonable motivation, so, like, I don't... I don't care if we're going to see that one. Yeah, no, I'm not bothered by it. It's just, like, it is notable that, you know, we've only had nine episodes and two of them have involved pretending that someone is turning state's evidence. But anyway, so they're like, we're going to tell everyone that you're turning on the kidnappers and you're going to have a huge target on your back. So either work with us or we'll fuck your shit up. And he's like, fine. Yeah. You fucked my shit up. I will work with you. Uh... The other thing that, so, so we... Does this show look like a guy who should be wearing a fedora? Because I feel like he does. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 So I wanted to put that into the universe. Sure. Um, so now that he's on their side, Lucio reveals, sorry, Lucio. So Lucio reveals that Reyes is his boss, but he keeps everything separate. So even though they have Lucio, Lucio doesn't actually know where they're keeping the no. girl. Reyes is a smart guy who keeps all the parts of his operation separate. So oh, nobody like, knows uh... each other. Like the Maori sister's little brother. Like what? The Maori sister's little brother, whose name I can't remember. The he was a smart guy, you know. Tia oh, and Maori. Maori, yeah. Got it. I thought you were saying like Maori, like. No, 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 no. Maori, like Tia and Tamara, and the little brother, whose name I forget. But he was a smart guy. Oh shit, I forgot that. He was on a show called Smart Guy. I know, I know he was quite name. young, but he was in high school because uh, he was a smart guy. 
Taj Maori? Taj. Taj Maori. That was his name. It was his name. And he was a smart guy. And he was a smart guy. So anyway, so Ray is the boss, has kept everything separate. Nobody knows each other, uh, which, of course, makes it hard for any individual person to get got and then give up the whole operation. Yeah. So they're going to have to do a little bit more work to find this girl. Um, the, the, the only thing that Lucio does is like identify targets to then refer to Reyes. Um, so speaking of Reyes, Lucio needs to check in with him and is already kind of late doing so. So he needs an explanation as to why it's taken him so long to check in with Reyes. Uh, and Michael's like, oh, it's because you broke your foot. And he's like, well, my foot's not broken. And then Fiona steps on his foot really hard to break his foot. Uh, I read in the trivia on IMDb for this episode that originally scripted, uh, it had originally scripted Michael as breaking his foot at this moment, but then on the day they decided to give that moment to Fee, which I appreciate. Well, yeah, that that feels like a Fee beat. Yeah, it definitely feels way more like a Fee beat. uh, And, you know, girl power. Violence turns her on. (laughs) Girl power and whatnot. Yeah. Um... So now that they have this new information, the new plan is that they're going to set up Fiona as like a crazy rich lady Uh with Sam as her bodyguard. And Sam is going to pose as like a bodyguard who's just so over this crazy rich lady and is going to help the kidnappers kidnap her. Um, So basically the way that this plan is going to work is that Sam is going to say that he'll help them kidnap her, but only if he sees, like, the conditions she'll be held under. Did you think that they were going to kidnap Fee and then Fee was going to get Dawn out? Um, No, because I've seen this episode, but that would have been a better episode. It would have been. That's, like, legitimately what I thought it was going to be. Yeah, no, that that would have been a way better episode. Unfortunately, yeah. it is not that case. The, the, the idea was that Sam is basically going to pull the whole... I'll do this deal with you, but I need to see the location first sort of a ploy. They do this a lot in Burn Notice, which is bonkers to me because it's incredibly suspicious to ask this question. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's so weird. Like, why would anyone care? Like, I, like and this is like a particularly like, dodgy one yeah. of like, why would this guy care? It always seems like a setup. It- and also, why would they keep them at the same place? Why would they put victims together why would like they tell him the truth about where they're like taking him because like sam doesn't even see the other girl he just sees the outside of a warehouse and is like yep we figured it out yeah that we're getting ahead of ourselves so um we have a great little montage where we actually see the setup of rich girl fiona and sam the disgruntled bodyguard where sam is holding like a a very frou-frou tiny dog that they've gotten from somewhere yeah uh and fiona you know treats him badly and is like oh Hold this dog. Hold yeah. these bags. Blah blah blah. Uh, and we also see a short montage of Lucio. This and could Ray. have been so much longer. I know it really. That could have been the whole episode, to be honest. Uh, and so, imagine a version of this episode, wherein in some scenes Fee is pretending to be um, Sam's boss, and in other <laughs> scenes Sam is pretending to be Michael's boss, and like that's the whole episode. Just imagine that. How much a better episode that would have been. We can't get bogged down in this, Chris. We just can't. <laughs> if we spend all of our time making a better episode of Burn Notice, we'll never talk about this episode of Burn Notice. There's not as much to talk about. There's, there's yeah, not a lot to Yeah, episode. Th- this episode is, is a kind of a nothing episode. So yeah. in addition to seeing the montage of Fee being Rich Lady, uh, we also see Reyes and Lucio kind of following them around so that we establish like, yep, Reyes is, is biting. He's taking mm-hmm. a bite. The bait has He's been. Eaten. He's got a sandwich. He's, He's biting it. Yeah, and he is down to clown kidnap fiona (laughs) uh so later that night lucio limps to meet up with michael again in like a very like foggy junkyard sort of scene yeah 
Although it doesn't make sense why he's doing that. He could have just called him. But I guess this is just trying to avoid another bizarre split screen situation. They only have the budget for one split screen. The only thing that we learn about this scene is that um, Reyes is down to kidnap Fiona. (laughs) Uh, But as a result is getting a lot more impatient about Dawn. So they now have 12 hours. (laughs) Dawn to Klon. (laughs) Uh, so they now have 12 hours to rescue Dawn, but Michael pushes back and is like, all right, well, tell them that we need more time because the family has hired a hostage negotiator and it's better for everyone and he'll get he'll be more likely to get paid if he goes through this hostage negotiator. And Lucio's like, I... And then in the hostage negotiator scenes, Sam, like, Michael is Sam's boss. I'm just saying, or Michael is Fee's boss or something so we get a full triangular situation. I really just want a whole episode where Fee is Michael's boss. I mean, that would also be good. But, like, and then you, like, you have like you have to do, like, a scene where some people think some people are the boss and other people think other people are the boss. And, like, sometimes you think that Tony's the boss and sometimes you think Angela's the boss. I mean, here's the thing. Sykes already done that. The episode where he has to pretend that Gus is psychic, but yeah. he can only pretend that Gus is psychic for certain people and everyone else needs to think that it's Sean who's still psychic. I mean, yeah, there's, like, obviously, like, like just nothing, nothing Burn Notice is doing is original, really. <laughs> that doesn't, that shouldn't stop. All that glitters isn't gold. Yes, exactly. That should not stop Burn Notice from also doing it. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. I feel like, didn't, like, like, Buffy and Angel, like, they do, like, basically the same episode, like, Tabula Rasa, and then the Spin the Bottle, like, on Angel within, like, a season of each other, and it's the exact same plot, but it's fine, because it's different characters. Fair enough. All right, so the next scene is Perry again. It's been 20 minutes, basically, since we've seen Perry, but Perry's still around, bureaucratting it up. He and Michael meet at a bar, but Perry's like, this is too public, so even though I appreciate that you're not, like, sending cops after me again, we can't have a conversation here. It needs to be a private location, so if you would just come back with me to Fort Lauderdale, we can talk in my office, and Michael's like, I got shit going on. Can you come to my house? And he's like... To my house, I come on. (laughs) Yeah, he's like... Fine, I'm down to clown. <laughs> come to your apartment. <laughs> I'll see you in a couple of days. Yeah. And Michael's like, "Cool, good scene, Perry." And Perry's like, "Cool, good scene, Michael." Isn't there a platypus named Perry? There is in uh, Phineas and Ferb. Phineas and Ferb. Yep. Is he a good or a bad guy? I think he might be a bad guy. But... No, I feel like he's the good guy, and there's a mad scientist who's a bad guy. Am I right? I think Perry is the bad scientist. Not a bad scientist. Well, a bad scientist, but a mad scientist. No, I think, si- I think Perry's no. a bad guy. No, because, but like... But it's, like, a comical kind of bad no, guy. No, I, no, I thought... No, because the bad guy is a human. I have no... I have no, form, like, frame of reference for Phineas and Ferb either. Is Perry the platypus and Phineas the, and Ferb a villain or not? Or a hero. Or, or an, <laughs> an American hero, like, like Burn Notice is. <laughs> So anyway, so Perry leaves... A patriot. Perry leaves the bar. Perry the platypus is a patriot. I can't do this with you right now. (laughs) Um, So Perry leaves their very good scene that everyone agrees is a very good scene. And then Michael, a.k.a. Andrew Chambers, hostage negotiator, gets a call. He also uh, gets a gun trained on him because Reyes is concerned he might be a cop like Kamala Harris. Mm -hmm. Andrew Chambers... We're getting political on this. (laughs) I think we talked about that off podcast. (laughs) That is a call callback to us off podcast getting political. <laughs> the, on the... Once again, right we, now, can we, I just... we can't have a podcast that makes sense. No. Our podcasts have to be so dense with inside jokes that you can't even reference within the canon of the podcast that it's fucking unlistenable. I, can I just say right now, and I'm this is not scripted. This is not in our notes. 
at all. This is just me saying right now, but I think Bree is going to go with me on this, and she can't stop me. Um, this podcast supports Elizabeth Warren. Absolutely, 100%. Yes. This is a, a pro-Elizabeth Warren burn notice podcast. I'm just kidding. I'm a Gary Johnson stan. God. <laughs> that guy Gary knows Johnson what's Gary Johnson is up. doing nothing now. <laughs> what is he doing now? Yeah, is he running? No, he's not running. Are you sure? I don't think he's running, no. He also probably doesn't need to announce that he's running for a while. No. Because that's not the party he's running with. I imagine a lot of Gary Johnson bros are probably into Andrew Yang. That's Because it's like tech bros and stuff. and Yeah. All right. I'll give that to you. Anyways, um, Gary Johnson, come on our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> he fucking would. <laughs> he would. Uh, anyways, so... Do you think Gary Johnson likes Burn Notice? Because I think he does. Oh, I guarantee that he does. So Andrew... Andrew Chamber- Do you think Elizabeth Warren likes Burn Notice? She loves ballers. Quit... Chris, it's so late at night. I need you to stay on task. <laughs> okay, but we, you, we do have to acknowledge that Elizabeth Warren loves ballers. Granted. Premise granted. No, premise that's not granted. a premise. That is a reality. Reality granted. Yes. Can we please move on? We have to talk about Andrew Chambers. <laughs> talk to me about Andrew Chambers. <laughs> I am doing my best to make this podcast listenable. You absolutely are not. That premise is not granted. I don't. People are not here for like a detailed recap of the plot of the episode Burn Notice. They of the episode Burn. People are here for goofs. God damn it! No, opening goofs is the only place that goofs are allowed. There is no comedy in the plot section of the podcast. No, that's why it's the plot section. Anyways, Elizabeth Warren loves ballers. <laughs> so. What happens next? Who's Andrew Chambers? So Andrew Chambers has a gun on him because, like Kamala Harris, he is suspected of being a cop. Yeah. Uh, but to indicate that he is not a cop, Michael opens his, like, suit jacket to show off an Armani tag and is like, cops don't have this kind of cash. Look at me. Don't I look good? How do I look? And he, like, does a little, like, dance and twirl, like, I'm, I'm Andrew Chambers. I own Armani suits. And that shot, that clip, they used... In a ton of commercials. It oh, might have, really? I feel like it may have been in like a later recap or something. Because I know I have seen that shot. Done, like, doesn't this look good? In like, like I've seen it tons of times. Interesting. I've never yes. seen it before. It's also striking to me that this suit does not look like an Armani suit. It looks no. like a shitty khaki suit that's like not even fitted to him. Someone sewed in an Armani tag. I guarantee that's what happened. Yes. They definitely did not buy an Armani suit because that. Where is... did they get the Armani tag? <laughs> God knows. Uh, A thrift store. I don't know. The suit sucks. I expected better from Armani. No. And also Andrew Chambers. (laughs) Yeah, I even have in my notes. Honestly, the suit sucks. So apparently this little dance is enough to convince everyone that he's on the level. So a bright yellow car pulls up with Reyes inside and they go for a drive. Uh, So cut to a massage parlor for their negotiation. Mm -hmm. Apparently Reyes prefers to have, uh, be fully clothed, but have the person he's having a meeting with stripped down and get a massage, Mm -hmm. which is really thoughtful of him, but also ensures that he's not wearing a wire. How clever. That's another spy tip that the bad guys give us. Um, Give your like, like possible antagonists a massage. (laughs) Uh, Michael Weston is shirtless throughout this entire scene. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to lie. 
Dude looks good. Hmm. I was going to joke about how I would like be a hostage negotiator if I could get free massages, but I don't want to get massages. I don't. Yeah, I don't want to be touched. Make me uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, I don't want to be touched. No, yeah. Don't touch me. Don't touch me. Get away from me. Don't touch us, Twitter <laughs> and Reddit. So Michael is like weirdly smarmy for a hostage negotiator. Like for someone whose whole job is to like be empathetic and like make sure that people get home all right. He like Andrew Chambers is kind of a dick. Well, I think like that's his play though. Is that because he's not talking to the family like his play i feel like to the criminal is that like he's, on, he's on the criminal side he's on, yeah basically what he's saying is i'm on your side this is just a job i want to help you get what you want i don't actually care about human life sure <laughs> that's for losers <laughs> caring about this, human life I, is for people who can't afford our money suits exactly but like i gotta deal with this family because they're on my ass and i can't get that skrilla if you don't get and you can't get that Skrilla if we don't get this, like... If we don't work this, together. This, like, pissy family, their pissy kid back. Yeah, exactly. That's his play. So they, they go back and forth. They negotiate. Michael gets him down to $3 million instead of $5 million and 48 new hours to work within. Yeah. Cut back to uh, Nick and Fiona... Uh, who are watching baseball while Nick continues to be nervous, and Fiona admires the uh, owner of the house's vintage gun collection. This might be relevant later. There's also possibly a direct tv branded plug 100 percent a branded plug yeah there's I a want... there, there's a brand like spot for direct tv i was definitely watching this on direct tv at the time that's really funny yes i watch it on hulu direct tv yeah. and or hulu give us money yeah. uh fiona is just as bad with emotions as michael and like in tr- she does that classic thing where someone's trying to comfort a crying person by like like hovering her hand over his back and like no, no. Patting down, like, randomly. Yeah. It's very funny. Um, so, uh, but then Michael comes back in and is like, hey, this is what's up. So they all regroup back at the loft where Michael makes plans with Lucio. And then he and Sam plant a GPS in Sam's shoe in preparation for his meeting with Rhea. Sam, if you'll remember, yeah. is the uh, allegedly corrupt bodyguard who wants to yes. kidnap Fiona. Uh, there's more good... Not named Chuck Finley. Not named Chuck Finley, sadly. Yeah. Uh, we've got some more good club lighting effects out the windows. Mm-hmm. We've added some extra colors, which is a very nice touch. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Chris, for, for making a note of that. Because yeah. now I'm like, hey, are you watching for it? this shit looks good. Yeah, it does. Good job, Bird Notice. Um, so the next morning, Sam and Reyes discuss Fiona's kidnapping. Reyes is very easy to convince to show Sam the kidnapping area. And he does. Bing, bang, boom. Yeah. This scene is just like the easiest negotiation of all time. Everything goes exactly to plan. We know where the girl is. In general, other than the beginning fuck up with Nick. That's his name, right? Yeah, Nick. Yeah. That's how boring it is. Nick Lamb. Nick Lamb. Uh, everything goes according to plan, I feel like. Yeah, for the most part. This is one of those... This is another one of those episodes that ended too early for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like... In not general, enough went wrong. Not enough went wrong. I feel like every other episode right now... Um, it feels like we get to the end and I'm surprised because it feels like nothing happened. Yeah. And it's usually because nothing really went wrong. Nothing really went wrong. Yeah. It's just like everything is just, we have to get to this extra plot point. We have to get to, okay, now we need to check in with this plot point. Like it all just feels very like. Perfunctory. Yeah. It's like, we have to hit these certain beats. So let's just solemnly march from beat to beat. Yeah. Which is unfortunate because there's a lot of potential here. Like the thing about like, definitely they should have actually kidnapped Fiona and like let Fiona help the hostage escape. That would have been so much better. That would have been such a good scene. Yeah. Slash whole sequence. Yeah. Missed opportunity. 
Um, so the problem is, is that it worked actually too well once again. So, uh, Lucio arrives at the loft after this whole thing goes down because unfortunately, because Fee's kidnapping is such a, a sweet mama of an opportunity, uh, the 48 hours that they bought themselves turns into two. So now they don't have time to set up a whole coup or whatever. Yeah. They got to get the girl out now. But they already know where it is. Exactly. Because that went really well. Yes. So honestly, it's not that big of a problem. Yeah, it's all a wash. Back at the mansion, Nick is upset. Yeah. Predictably. As he's always upset. He's always upset. I mean, his fiance is guy, kidnapped. Like, it's incredibly reasonable for a human being to be acting this way, but it does not make for good television. Yeah, no, it's it's very boring, and you're just, like, irritated with him for having emotions. So mm-hmm. that's not great. Just um, like you are in real life. Yeah. So for some reason, they need to... Clown. Find the yellow pages. I don't know. They need an address for something for some reason. And Michael's like, all right, we got to go get a yellow pages. And Nick's like, bro, I have a computer. Yeah. And it's a very funny moment. <laughs> Another just like pretty good Nick moment. My thing about this joke is I genuinely don't remember in 2007 if we're meant to be like, holy shit, Michael. It's so easy to look this up I on mean, computer. Or if it, we're supposed to be with... Oh, yeah, you can look things up on computer now. Like, I don't remember... YouTube existed in 2005. Yes. So, in And everyone knows that you need YouTube to look up addresses. No, no, no. But my point being is that Google definitely existed prior to YouTube. Google predates YouTube. Oh, no, yeah. YouTube, no, yes. So, Google like, definitely has been around so in for a while. Ter- exactly. So, in terms of, like, is it available to search things on the internet? Yes. Yes, but, like, is it a situation in which that many businesses would have their info. I think so. On, I'm right? pretty sure the iPhone was already out at this point. Like the like the first gen iPhone was out. If only someone could tell us. It's only, if only someone already probably has because we asked this question in a previous episode. Almost certainly. But I don't remember the answer. Yeah, me either. And I'm not going to look it up. Yeah, definitely not. That's uh, not our job. So Michael builds himself some stuff and then sends Fiona and Sam with the stuff that he builds while he goes to meet with Reyes to try and buy them more time. This episode is basically just like a series of Michael trying to buy them time. Yeah. While other people do more interesting things. Exactly. But uh, not that interesting. Yeah, not that interesting. So in, this is a one of those sequences that actually works where it's intercut between two scenes where mm-hmm. Michael is trying to convince Reyes to like chill the fuck out. Uh, most of which is just him like really in detailed terms explaining what bonds are. <laughs> That is a, there is a good joke here about like him just explaining bonds. Bonds are good and they don't have to be made out to a specific person. And he just like goes into like extreme detail on what bonds are and why Reyes should be really down with bonds. Yeah. And he should accept the ransom in bonds. Uh, And this is intercut with a pretty like basic Sam and Fiona breaking the girl out of jail. Yeah. Like they blow off a door. They they explain a little bit, but not completely how to make some bombs. Yeah. um, And thermite. And, which I remember because around the same time, very vividly, Thermite was very popular on Mythbusters. They did a lot of stuff with Thermite on Mythbusters. So I got like kind of a little like rush of like, oh yeah, Thermite, I remember you. <laughs> yeah. So the girl gets rescued. Michael tells Reyes that they don't have a deal because Reyes is not convinced by these super great bonds. Uh, and so Michael's like, I bye, and leaves. Uh, well, no, this is a, it's very good because because um, they break the girl out and then... Um, Sam calls Michael to let him know that the girl is out. Um, but Michael pretends it's the family. Mm-hmm. And um, like Sam, like first Sam calls and says, we got her and then hangs up. But Michael just keeps talking. And then he's, and it goes like, this is like, oh uh, no, it's like, I talked to him. He wants cash. 
It's like, he can't, he doesn't want stocks or bonds. No, I told him the difference. <laughs> yeah, it's a very good scene. It's a good joke. It's a good joke. It's the it's the one good thing that comes out of this very sort of like yeah. perfunctory series of scenes. Uh, good word, Chris. Um, so then we get a short scene of Reyes being like, well, fuck this dude. I'm going to kill this girl. He and his thugs show up at the kidnapping site. But, uh, as we know, the girl is gone. Their thugs are like... The doggone girl is gone. The doggone girl is gone. Uh, they are not down to clown. No. And, uh, the police are called and they all get, like, arrested. hmm Yeah. Then we get a reuniting of Dawn and Nick. Dawn, notably, looks like she's taken a shower and, like, done her hair. Yes. Even though, presumably, she, we've come straight from the kidnapping. So, it's like women in the in apocalypse shows with shaved armpits. It's yeah, like, it's guys, exactly like that. come on. Uh, but instead of it being, like, a tearful reunition, Dawn is just pissed. A tearful Nick... what? Reunition. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know what I said. Yeah. Um... So instead of being excited, Dawn is pissed at Nick for lying to her about yeah. everything. She slaps him twice and walks away. Yeah. And everyone else just kind of goes, ah. <laughs> <laughs> Then uh, Michael finally has his real meeting with Perry. Uh, he's back to irritable and is asking very rudely for some coffee. So Michael turns around away Perry from- Perry is back to irritable. Yeah, Perry is back not, to irritable. Not Michael being irritable. Yeah, he's so, also kind of So basically, Perry starts- all upset. Then the next time he sees Michael, he's like, oh, it's all in good fun. You're a spy. It happens. And now we're we're at the final meeting and Perry's mad again. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Perry opens up his briefcase to take out his file. Michael turns around to make him some shitty instant coffee. But then we get a little bit of a voiceover indication that something is not as it seems. And Michael is garroted. Well, yeah, well, his attempt. I mean, what is an what is the act of garroting if it is not to completion? Uh, I mean, it's an attempted garroting. Yeah, but I don't want to say attempted everything. And also, like, he never, like, he's got his, like, Michael grabs the garrote with his hand. And so, like, the garrote is almost never really fully around Michael's neck. That's true. This is is a textbook attempted garroting. (laughs) Sure. So, uh, there, and a text, a a textbook attempted garroting occurs. Uh, notable though, that the, the guy's just like, hey, don't struggle. I'll make it look like a suicide. Like you just hung yourself. But it's like, you're choking him with a wire. There's no way that's going to look like a fucking suicide. Even if you end up putting a like rope around his neck, like there's going to be two separate indentations in this dude's neck. There's no way this is going to look like a suicide. I also don't think anyone investigating this will get very far. Sure. But anyways, so it looks like for the second time in two episodes, Michael is losing a fight. However, once again, having home Thanks turf to advantage. Choking. choking too. Yeah, specifically. Choking cho- is Michael Weston's weakness. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but his greatest strength yeah. is home turf advantage. Yes. Because we he like punches out one of his kitchen cabinets and grabs a hidden gun and shoots Perry. Straight through the chest, but Perry still manages to run to out. Run away. Without any sort of like like, he basically, like, looks down at this gaping hole in his chest and is like, I'll walk it off. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, runs off uh, with Michael gasping for air behind him. Uh, but we, that apparently doesn't last for long because the next morning we watch Fee and Michael try to fix the cabinet together, which is a very sweet domestic task uh-huh. for them to be doing. While Michael is on the phone with Sam, who's like, 
They found whoever was claiming to be Perry, it like having bled out in a, an alleyway. He's got no fingerprints, no nothing. So whoever he was, he's not the actual Perry boring bureaucracy, bureaucracy guy. Sam asks if Michael thinks that the guy who burned him sent fake Perry. And Michael's like, it's a good guess, which doesn't make sense because everything else that we've learned up to this point is that if they wanted Michael dead, they would have killed him immediately. Yeah. But clearly they need something from him. So it doesn't make sense for them to try to kill Michael now. It, again, really points to the idea that maybe this was supposed to happen earlier in the season. Sure, exactly. Yeah, that, that definitely makes the most sense out of anything else in this fucking episode. Um, so Fee frets over the attempted garroting scar on Michael's neck, and they joke about Nick like being such a dum-dum, uh, which is the perfect segue, because uh, if you'll remember, Fee was admiring guns in one of the houses that Nick housed And not for. like... Like, really sweet arm muscles. Yeah, no. Like, like, actual guns. Like, actual vintage guns, if you'll remember. and Firearms. It, and it turns... Not, out, like, arms that are, like, fire. Just... But bullet shooters. I wish I was dead. Uh, anyways. <laughs> just like fake Perry. There, I wish somebody you would, wish you could, like, for real garrote me. You wish, you wish someone would shoot you with a bullet shooter? Yeah, exactly. I'm uh, <laughs> one of those good bullet shooters. And not, like... Uh, a shot glass that's shaped like a bullet no. that you do like a shooter of. No. Um, anyways, this bit is over. Uh, so Michael finally reveals that he, he got the perfect gift for Fiona for her birthday. It's the gun that she admired from the place that Nick was house sitting for. And it's a very sweet moment of like, even though it seems like he wasn't paying attention this whole episode, really he knows Fee better than she thinks he knows her. And it's very sweet and she likes her gun present. Yeah. I mean, like, he talked He talked to the stupid man mm-hmm. and got the idea from the stupid man. Which he's very lucky that the stupid man had a good idea. Because otherwise, why is she? Why is he asking this guy? Yeah, it's... But the we don't think about that too no. hard. Because it's a sweet yeah, moment. So it, it's, it is the actual same gun that she was looking at earlier. Mm-hmm. Like, he had... Uh, yeah, Nick lo- basically brokered a deal for Michael to get a, a cheap gun off of this dude with, like, a very expensive vintage gun collection. Which, I mean... I'm trying to figure out how that conversation went because, like, did Nick explain to the guy who owns the house <laughs> what happened? What I ha- doubt it. So, like, is he more just like, "Hey, I got this friend who really wants to buy that gun off you. Can you give it to him at a cheap rate? No good reason why." <laughs> and it works. He definitely didn't like save my my skin or anything. Yeah, I definitely didn't pretend that your house was my house and get my fiance. My kidnapped. house to come on. So that's oh. the end of the plot. Now it's time for spy tips. So spy tip number one, learn to be careful when it looks like you're getting what you want. You let your guard down and tend to get careless. This is a good life lesson, but not a good spy lesson. Yeah, no, not a good spy lesson. Number two, calling the cops on someone can tell you a lot. A foreign agent or assassin will run. A bureaucrat will act like a bureaucrat. That's also bad. I don't know. I think it's kind of useful because it's similar to the the episode before where you call the cops on someone nearby to kind of have them there as backup using like a different law enforcement group to suss out something about an unknown entity is interesting. But I mean, again, we kind of already got that. That was iffy last time. And if we have it again, I don't know. It's like a I also, it's a like, don't call, like, don't call the cops on people. Well, they're white, so it's fine. Yeah. Uh, fine. Number three, bureaucrats. Don't call Kamala Harris. <laughs> Kamala Harris. Number three, bureaucrats crave respect. East of the Balkans, that means a bribe. In the West, it's more about showing that you know that they're in charge. It's kind of nothing. That's kind of nothing. 
Yeah. Like, I, flatter people you want something from. Yeah. Flatter bureaucrats, specifically. Mm-hmm. No, Nothing. Uh, number four. About 40% of kidnapping victims are released safely. These statistics are affected by the nationality of the kidnappers, the age of the victim, and if a hostage negotiator is employed. The odds go down sharply if uh, the family can't pay the ransom. That's just statistics. That's, That's just not practical. It's not, I mean, it's practical, but it's not, like, actionable. Yeah. And which, which I would argue is not practical. No. Yeah. Um, all right. So, swing, so far. swing and a miss. Uh, number five, a kidnapping is a business deal. The bad guys have negotiating power, but then again, they have a market of want, so they have to work with you. <sighs> I mean, it's not super generalizable, but not, I mean, it's kind of specific. I don't know. I don't um, love it. I don't love it either. Moving on. Number six, working with untrained people introduces risk. You have to live with it often, but it makes you wish people went through Green Beret training in high school. That's nothing. That's nothing. Number seven, once a kidnapper knows you're onto him, he'll try to contact his partners to have the hostage killed. At that point, you have a choice. Give up or take a hostage of your own. No fucking shit. There's a reason that you don't want the kidnappers to know you're onto them. Yes. I mean, yeah, it's nothing. Yeah, it's nothing. Also, like, I'm not sure if I... How I feel about any spy tip that advocates kidnapping. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Number six, the art of turning someone into a double agent is delicate. The target has to be put in a fragile psychological state. That's just an observation. That's not actually like, how do you put them in a psychological state? I mean, that's that's shown and it's basically torture. Uh, Well, this is actually the next spy tip. Uh, So number, number nine, it's always easier to turn someone who works for a criminal gang into a double agent because the more secretive and ruthless the bad guys are, the better. You work on their fear that the, any hint of disloyalty will get them killed by their people. Do you like this one? I think that's fair. Uh, you know, I want to give them one. We, they have, we're yeah. at spy tip nine and none of them have been good. Yeah, so I, I'm giving it to that one. And, and I mean, it's practical. If you, like, like when you're picking double agents, it's better to have someone who's already working for the bad guys versus, like, picking someone else to get in how inconsistent we are about, like, how, like, how useful it is if you are a spy versus some things are like useful if you're a spy, but not if you're not a spy. And sometimes they're useful even if you aren't a spy. I see nothing wrong with our rating system and I'm going to continue. All right. Uh, number 10, every kidnapper's favorite resource is a corrupt employee. They've got all the good info and you've even got a fall guy. If something goes wrong, Uh, heaven inside man. But also it's a fall guy. I'll leave this to you. (sighs) I mean, again, I don't want to endorse any any tip that endorses kidnapping. Fair enough. All right. So we're moving We're on. anti-kidnapping on this show. We're pro-Elizabeth Warren and anti-kidnapping. Yes. And we are down to clown. <laughs> Keep reading my outline. Number 11. No, I refuse. <laughs> Number 11. The thing about doubling someone, uh, double agenting someone. I guess it's just called doubling it's jargon. It's jargon. Uh, the, it's like the, proof of life. <laughs> the thing about doubling someone is that the more money... No, not more money. The thing about double... More money. More money. More problems. Exactly. The thing about doubling someone is that the more they do for you, the deeper they get. The deeper they get, the more you can make them do. But suicide rate is above average because this is very stressful, which is like a rough fact, it is Michael a, Weston. It is rough. Um, but I, there is something very useful in the deeper you, they get, the more you can make them do. Because they're already in so deep, you might as well. Yeah. Uh, do you want to count that? I just really wanted to make that a double entendre. Yuck. <laughs> Not practical, just wet. 
Number 12, GPS devices are becoming more and more common these days. Mostly they're for nervous parents tracking children, but they're good for other uses. That one I wrote down verbatim because it's very funny and very dated. It's very 2007. It's very 2007. Um... But it's also nothing. Number 13. Running a double agent is a relationship. It's give and take. I mean, look, there is something like, you can take the GPS out of a, like, phone and then use it for something else. Is is that something? Of course that's how you do it. What else would you do to GPS somebody? I mean, that's fair. I mean, I don't know. You're right. And he also doesn't say that. He just says that they're more common these days. I know. And so you can use them for things. But that's because the visual of... Did you know that you can use a GPS as a GPS? Fucking hate. (laughs) (laughs) fuck this episode um number 13 running a double agent is a relationship it's give and take mostly take but sometimes you have to give that's nothing that's a song lyric (laughs) that's a cunnilingus reference (laughs) michael eats out lucio you heard it here first and last. <laughs> Number 14, running a hostage or rescuing a hostage isn't battering rams and guns. Charge in and the person you're trying to save is probably going to get hurt first. And then they say like something like acute lead poisoning. Yeah, they'll <laughs> they'll die from acute lead poisoning is specifically what he Which says. Which is a very hard-boiled way to say they're going to get shot. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I mean, is that practical? Because it's the opposite of what oh. they do. Hey, don't come any closer. This girl's going to die from acute lead poisoning, see? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But this like, dame's going to get plugged. But is this practical? Because they do basically the opposite later on. That's true. <laughs> well, I mean, they, like, the first thing that they do is, is like, draw attention away from the girl and then, like, do a flash bomb so no one can see anything, so. Sure, but they're still coming in guns blazing and battering ramming, except with a bomb. I mean, the, but the first thing they do is... So, the, the point here is, is this a practical spy tip i mean maybe um you know what i'm gonna give it okay yeah it's practical yes. number gonna... two we're getting out of the wire though although we do have a couple of practical things okay. so ingredient number 15 ingredients from a local pharmacy mm-hmm. unspecified yes and uh, aluminum foil crushed up in a coffee grinder is a good uh makeshift flash grenade that's practical we've given like specific recipe tips before okay to, like practical right. ratings uh, also, thermite, uh, the Mythbusters' favorite ingredient, is used to fuse together railroad ties and therefore makes quick work of locks. Also practical. Yeah. Uh, number 17, if you can't break down a door without attracting attention, the next best thing is to attract a lot of attention. Once everyone's looking at the door, pop in a flash grenade and they won't see anything for a while. I'd say that's practical. Here's what I'm going to say about this. This is basically the same thing as that other one that I said yes, yes to. I'm willing to say no to that other one. It's very vague. And say yes to this one because that's actually the same idea. Okay. Yep. I agree with that specifically. 18. The longer you've been in the game, the more you need to watch underestimating people. Say you hate bureaucrats. Don't feel like they're worth your time or attention. Then a bureaucrat is the perfect person to send to kill you. That's nothing. That's nothing. I mean, it's a good turn. And it's funny that people are like, all right, what do we know about Michael Weston? His name is spelled with an E. Hates bureaucrats. Loves yogurt. Hates bureaucrats. You know what we should do? Poison is yogurt. <laughs> oh, I was... Well, I was... No, 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 no. What, what, was, your, what was your idea? No, the yogurt's pretty good. No, 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 no. Ted, 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 come on. It, this is... There's no wrong answers here. I was just going to say we could, like, like, send a like a bureaucrat to kill him. <gasps> Ted, uh, that's... Ted, that's such a good idea. I mean, he does hate bureaucrats, so what are the odds that he's going to let one into his house? But still... 
Let's workshop. Let's, this workshop. is an open space. I mean, I'm going to go poison his yogurt, but we'll keep working on your thing. Uh, but then the yogurt they poisoned ended up being the one that they gave to the guy from the last episode. Yeah. The one she that... is dead now. <laughs> um, brutal. All right. And finally, number 19. There's no way to anticipate every danger. You need a backup plan for when things go wrong. That's why home court advantage is so important. Basically, this boils down to have guns hidden everywhere around your yes. apartment, which feels like obvious. It's, it's a thing that every really show does ever. That you should have guns everywhere. Yes. This show supports the Second Amendment. <laughs> we love Elizabeth Warren, but also our guns. Yes. That's nothing. So in total, we have four practical tips. And None. barely at that. Yeah. So how do we rate this episode? Is this a great episode of television? No. It is not. It is an episode of television. Yes. Definitively. Yeah. So, but is it a good episode of Burn Notice? Great episode of Burn Notice, rather. Uh, so does he use spycraft over violence to solve the crime? Uh, maybe, yeah. I mean, he doesn't really beat anybody up. He sort of, like, plays people against each other again. You know, he, he does torture some people and break a foot, but that's fee. Sure, but that's fee. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but also, like, they do it in service of, like, turning somebody into a double agent. Yeah. Like, setting up fee as, like, a fake heiress sort he of stuff. He does do a alias. So like, I yeah, mean, he, yeah, not, yeah, yeah. It's not like a, but it, he does. He explains bonds in great detail, exactly. which is a very spycraft thing to do. Yeah. Uh, so I'll give it to that. Because James Bond is a spy. Sure. Um, cool. So number two, does, do we have more practical versus passive spy tips? At no, least five. No, we do not. So it's a failure. Mm-hmm. Uh, number three, do we have a distinct alias? So his name is Andrew Chambers and he does know a lot about bonds, but is that distinct enough? Because the only other distinguishing characteristic of Andrew Chambers is that he has a bad Armani suit and he chews gum really obnoxiously. And he's he's kind of a dick. He's, yeah, he's kind of a dick. Do we think that this is a distinct alias? Because we're far enough into Burn Notice now that I feel like we can be like more discerning. However, as I talk about it, the Armani suit, the gum chewing, the Bond knowledge. The fact that he really wants that massage. Yeah, exactly. I'm kind of, I'm coming around to Andrew Chambers like retroactively. I mean... I'm also thinking about this rule of, like, I mean, he doesn't have to have an alias. It doesn't have to be, it's not a four out of four thing. So like, Exactly. Um, like, the last episode of, is a great episode, despite not having, having an alias. It. That's true. Um, touch me, I don't care for that. I'm trying to massage you. God. <laughs> um, I, no, I liked it. I like, and apparently, again, they liked that one shot enough of him saying, don't I look good that they used it in a ton of problems. That's true. That makes him distinct. Okay. Does, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Distinct alias. So we've yeah. got two out of three. So finally, are the side characters used well? Fee does break someone's foot. She does break someone's foot and she does get to use an explosive, but she did not create the explosive herself. Yeah. Uh, and does Sam do anything Sam interesting? Sam does fuck all in this. Yeah. Sam yeah. doesn't really have a lot of good moments. No. Were the side characters used well? I don't, I don't think so because I don't think so, but we also do have we are gutting for this episode. That's true. However, in fairness, I will say that Fee's only driving force this entire episode is like pestering Michael about her birthday. Yeah. Which just feels like a girlfriend plot, not yeah. like a distinctly Fiona plot. I don't remember what Sam did in this episode. He got his car. Oh oh they did pretend to be a rich lady and um, yeah, but we don't actually get we any don't get dialogue to see it. from that. If yeah. we had gotten to see that, if that had been the episode, if that had been a scene, 
Like, if Either. it had been a scene a la them getting caught in the yacht exactly, in episode yes. two, then I would have said yes. However, all we see is some, like, soundless like MOS far. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we get, like, the, the creeper angle of that. Yeah. Um, like, they only really do one thing in it. Yeah. I don't think that's enough. No, I don't think so either. Like, it was good, but not no, enough to actually be used I'm telling you, imagine the, a version of this episode where they all have fake identities and different power dynamics and stuff. It would have been fun. Or simply, that they had actually gotten Fee kidnapped. She could have played that her too. own alias for longer and then helped the girl escape in a more interesting way. So much better. Turn a victim into a hero. What if we had seen more of Dawn instead of this annoying, like, Nick Lamb. Yeah. What if there was no Nick Lamb? Exactly. So, uh, mathematically, we have proven that this is not a great episode of Burn Notice. So it is just an episode of television. And with that, thank you so much to Vincent E.L. for our theme music. You can hear more from him at vincentel.bandcamp.com. Highly recommend. Very good musician. Mm-hmm. Sounds surprisingly like Eminem when he raps. He does, which he does often. And that's that's. How a, I was trying is... to think of a new iteration of like burn and noticed to try to like beat you to the punch, but I got nothing. Chris is wearing a shirt called that says mouthfeel on it. It's very good. It's fine. Clown. <laughs> uh, and as we've proven with this episode, we are down to clown. Burn notice. Burn notice. <laughs>